Welcome to the Sabbath School Bible Study Podcast. Today is Sunday, February 14th. I invite you to pause this audio right now so that you can have your moment with God and ask Him for His guidance as you study His Word. And I'll be right back. Comfort for the Future In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 and 2, God comforts His people. Let's read. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak kindly to Jerusalem and call out to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity has been removed, that she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Their time of punishment has finally ended. What punishment is that? Is this punishment administered by Assyria, the rod of God's anger, from which God delivered Judah by destroying Sennacherib's army in 701 BC? Or is it the punishment administered by Babylon, which would carry away goods and people from Judah because Hezekiah has displayed his wealth to the messengers from Merodach Baladan? Assyria and Assyrians are mentioned 43 times from Isaiah chapter 7 verse 17 to chapter 38 verse 6, but this nation appears only once in the rest of Isaiah, where Isaiah chapter 52 verse 4 refers to past oppression by Egypt and then by the Assyrian. In the latter part of Isaiah, deliverance from exile in Babylon is mentioned, and it is Cyrus the Persian who conquered Babylon in 539 BC who is to free the exiles of Judah. Let's read. Isaiah chapter 44 verse 28 through chapter 45 verse 1. It is I who says of Cyrus, He is my shepherd, and he will perform all my desire. And he declares of Jerusalem, She will be built, and of the temple, Your foundation will be laid. Thus says the Lord to Cyrus, his anointed, whom I have taken by the right hand, to subdue nations before him, and to loose the loins of kings, to open doors before him, so that gates will not be shut. In Isaiah chapter 45 verse 13, I have aroused him in righteousness, and I will make all his ways smooth. He will build my city, and will let my exiles go free, without any payment or reward, says the Lord of hosts. Isaiah chapters 1 through 39 emphasizes events leading up to deliverance from the Assyrians in 701 BC, 
but at the beginning of chapter 40, the book leaps ahead a century and a half to the end of Babylon in 539 BC and the return of the Jews shortly thereafter. Question. Is the theme of return from Babylon linked with anything earlier in Isaiah? If so, what? Isaiah chapter 39 serves as a transition to the following chapters by predicting a Babylonian captivity, at least for some of Hezekiah's descendants. Let's read Isaiah chapter 39, verses 6 and 7. Behold, the days are coming when all that it is in your house and all that your fathers have laid up in store to this day will be carried to Babylon. Nothing will be left, says the Lord, and some of your sons who will issue from you, whom you will beget, will be taken away and they will become officials in the palace of the king of Babylon. Furthermore, the oracles of Isaiah chapters 13, 14, and 21 predict the fall of Babylon and the liberty this would bring to God's people. Quote, But the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and will again choose Israel and will set them in their own land. When the Lord has given you rest from your pain and turmoil, and the hard service with which you were made to serve, you will take up this taunt against the king of Babylon. Unquote. Isaiah chapter 14 verses 1 through 4. Notice the close connection with Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 and 2, where God promises his people there is an end to their suffering. Question. What do Bible promises about the end of suffering mean to you now, amid your present suffering? What good would our faith be without those promises? Why, then, it is so important to cling to them no matter what? Additional reading, selected quotes from Ellen White. The pride of Assyria and its fall are to serve as an object lesson to the end of time. Of the nations of earth today who in arrogance and pride arrayed themselves against him, God inquires, To whom art thou thus like in glory and in greatness among the trees of Eden? Yet shalt thou be brought down with the trees of Eden unto the nether parts of the earth. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knoweth them that trust in him. But with an overrunning flood he will make an utter end of all who endeavor to exalt themselves above the Most High. Prophets and Kings, page 366. That heart is the happiest 
that has Christ as an abiding guest. That home is the most blessed where godliness is a controlling principle. In the workshop where the peace and heavenly presence of Christ dwells, the workers will be the most trustworthy, the most faithful, and the most efficient. The fear and love of God are seen. In this world, there is neither comfort nor happiness without Jesus. Let us acknowledge him as our friend and savior. In him are matchless charms. Oh, may we all so live during this brief period of probationary time that we shall reign with him throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. My Life Today, page 157. It is your privilege to trust in the love of Jesus for salvation in the fullest, surest, noblest manner to say, He loves me, He receives me, I will trust Him, for He gave His life for me. Nothing so dispels doubt as coming in contact with the character of Christ. He declares, Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. That is, there is no possibility of my casting him out. For I have pledged my word to receive him. Take Christ at his word and let your lips declare that you have gained the victory. Is Jesus true? Does he mean what he says? Answer decidedly yes, every word. Then if you have settled this, by faith claim every promise that he has made and receive the blessing. For this acceptance by faith gives life to the soul. You may believe that Jesus is true to you, even though you feel yourself to be the weakest and most unworthy of his children. And as you believe, all your dark, brooding doubts are thrown back upon the arch-deceiver who originated them. You can be a great blessing if you will take God at his word. By living faith, you are to trust him, even though the impulse is strong within you to speak words of distrust. Testimonies to Ministers and Gospel Workers, page 517. The season of distress and anguish before us will require a faith that can endure weariness, delay, and hunger. A faith that will not faint, though severely tried. The period of probation is granted to all to prepare for that time. Jacob prevailed because he was persevering and determined. His victory is an evidence of the power of importunate prayer. All who will lay hold of God's promises, as he did, and be as earnest and persevering as he was, will succeed as he succeeded. When waves of despair, which no language can express, sweep over the suppliant, let us cling with unyielding faith 
to the promises of God. The Great Controversy, page 621. And that is all for today. Please subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for new episodes and special content.